3: This is the Green Zone. Oh my! He is the baddest man in the NFL. This is the Green Zone with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on V the Sports Betting Network.
4: We begin our number three of the Green Zone right here presented by Ben MGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds at Circus Sportsbook here in Las Vegas. And right now, Jordan Spieth playing a par five. That'll be the 14th. He's got a. A one shot lead right now in the back nine at the uh, Pro Beach, uh, the Pebble, Pebble Beach, rather, Pro Am right now. One shot lead over Troy Merritt, who's quickly running out of holes. He's on 17 at 17 under. Uh, Tom Hoagie, I know one of your guys hanging in there tough. He's at 16 under, and Bo Hostler, he's got a lot of holes still to play. He's also at 16 under. So it feels like maybe mm-hmm. you got to be within a couple gear of speed. Uh, to still have a realistic shot of making a
3: comeback. Yeah, Speef $2 right now. Patrick Antley 6-1, to Tom Hoagie 10-1, to Bo Hosler 12-1, to Troy Merritt 14-1, to and then Joel Damon and Andrew Putnam kind of trying to hang on here. They are at 40-1. to I believe they are both at 15 under par, tied for six. But right now, Spieth with the one-shot lead, playing the par 5, 14th. Troy Merritt, two holes left to play. Might have to go birdie, birdie. Mm-hmm. 18 is, of course, a birdie opportunity because it is a par 5 but might have to go birdie-birdie to post-19. Tom Ogie uh, had a 10-footer there that he did not get, so he will be at par. Patrick Cantlay, with maybe one of the better up and downs of the year, so far does hang in at 16-under, but Jordan Spieth, the man to beat at Pebble Beach.
4: All right, and right now, 41-21 AFC. They've got the football back. Live numbers I'm seeing there, they're going to go up here. 16-and-a-half uh, for the AFC, about 81-and-a-half now on that total. So defense... At least one side. NFC has not scored here Mm -hmm. in the second half, which would be the biggest shocker of all. But 41-21, AFC firmly in command there. Let's get to some NBA uh, action here as we get ready for some tips across the country here. How about the Pacers and the Cavaliers you mentioned—they've
3: already been in action apparently
4: today, off the court as well. So they had a big trade here, and you look at some of these trends coming in here with Indiana Pacers four one and one ATS in their last six on the road. Uh, the over has played well 6 and one in their last seven overall. Cleveland two five and one ATS in their last eight home games here, but the over ten and one in their last eleven Sunday games. So how do you you factor in the trade for Indiana mm-hmm. here? How do you handicap this
3: one? Yeah, and probably the first way we got to go about it is look at the injuries and who is available pretty much night to night on the NBA. Mm. You know, who's going to play here? And we know for the Pacers, uh, Malcolm Brogdon with the Achilles issue, he is downgraded to out, but Damanis Sabonis going to return from quarantine, so he got upgraded to probable. Goga Batadze also upgraded to probable. Pacers were without any bigs the other night against Chicago because Isaiah Jackson, the rookie out of Kentucky, missed. Miles Turner has been out for a little while. Keep it Keep an eye on him being on the trading block as well. Darius Garland been dealing with the back issue. Mm-hmm. The newly minted All Star Darius Garland for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Also, Lori Markin and has been out. And let me update the particulars before we get back to the game on that trade that we talked about. Here mm-hmm. is the full trade per Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Indiana is sending Karis Levert and a 2022 second round pick via Miami, and that was part of the Victor Oladipo trade uh, to Cleveland for the. Ricky Rubio expiring contract at the end of this year, a lottery protected first round pick in the 2022 draft later this summer, a 2022 second round pick. And also a 2027, 20, that 2027 20, second round pick. just, uh, you know, like, how does that get there? Right. Uh, but, you know, I, did, wow. I guess they do that, however, to make the money work. I don't know all the particulars of these, but anyway, Karis LeVert, an Ohio guy returning to Ohio and Cleveland looks uh, every bit the playoff contender. They're in the top four right now in the East and the Pacers going nowhere fast. This is time to rebuild. So that's exactly what they're doing tonight. This did take a little bit of a move. This was five and a half, went up to seven, but now with Sabonis, being upgraded, it is back down to six and a half. So I do wonder the mentality of the Pacers now, knowing that one of your starters has been traded mm-hmm. and, you know, had over, I think somewhere around 40 on Friday night against the bulls that Karis Laverde So you wonder what the mindset really is for the Pacers. I think Cleveland has got to be like, Hey, we're going for it, man. You know, we're, we're going for the playoffs and you got a Pacers team, 16 under 500 at 19 and 35 that knows okay, am I going to be next? Am I going to be next to be traded? Because obviously the Pacers are blowing this up and trying to get some first-round picks. They're getting another one, so they're going to have two. So maybe that could potentially move them up in the draft if they feel like they have a franchise changer in the lottery earlier this year. But two lottery picks for the Pacers, I got to think, you know, this is probably a game I'm going to stay out of because usually when there's a lot of things at bay, certain guys playing, certain guys not. And then obviously this trade news, you know, maybe the pacers gum out and give an effort in the first half and then it kind of gets away from them in the second half but no bet for me on this one
4: this this can't be just coincidental that they're matched up and then they make a right. trade hours before the game right was right. this gms I, having I don't breaking know, bread I don't know, of know of if uh,
3: if uh, Cody Altman and Kevin Pritchard met at the Starbucks <laughs> uh, outside <laughs> oh, the talking, arena yeah. there in Cleveland and just said Hey, uh, we're looking to do something here and somehow make that trade. Maybe that's what they did uh, before shoot around this morning here in Cleveland. But that's going to get tipped off here in an hour. Currently at BetMGM, Cleveland minus six and a half, two fifteen. Well,
4: it's so. funny you say that because I mean we kid, but I-, I do think there's probably something to that. Because again, when I walked in today and saw our director Jeremy Wengel, and say, "Hey, you playing anything in the Pro Bowl?" He said the over. I said, "You know what?" I'm going to do it too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's as easy as that, that conversation. There's much more than that to make this trade. But when you get face-to-face, you start talking, you're thinking it through a little bit. Sometimes it makes sense. Let's see if this trade makes sense for both teams. But certainly, Mm -hmm. I'm with you. The handicap there has to be that the Cavaliers at least now believe we're really taking a shot at this thing. We're not just the feel-good story on the first half. We're actually getting a player that can really help us down the stretch. Let's see how it works out there. Celtics are a very um, I'd say inquisitive team here mm-hmm. from a betting perspective. They take on the Magic today in Orlando. The under in Celtics games has played to it in all four of their last road, four road games. The under is six and one in the Celtics last seven games, following a straight up win, which they find themselves in today. The under for the Magic, five and one in their last six meetings between these teams in Orlando, which we are today. Under five and two in the Magic last seven Sunday games. I gave you a lot of trends to the under two fifteen and a half. and a half. You biting?
3: Well, and that's, what's getting bad. It looks like right now, of course, uh, Orlando, uh, very much in contention for lottery contention being 12 and 42 sees now, uh, uh, minus nine and a half 215, 215 and a half on the total Boston Celtics currently 29 and 25, So starting to get it together on their first-year head coach. Yeah, if I was to play this game, I would only play the under. Uh, don't know if I really want to lay 9.5 on the road here uh, with Boston. So that would be the way I was looking. And by the way, we just talked about Pacers and Mm Cavs. Just saw some red line up on my Don Best screen, which means the line has moved. Now seeing 7.5 at BetMGM and 7 elsewhere in the market. So uh, Cleveland getting the action here, uh, maybe to what I was thinking. Not only that they're the better team, but... The fact that a lot of these Pacers, maybe Domana Sabonis sure. or Malcolm did not playing tonight, but certainly he could be out there. No one is really untouchable. It doesn't look like if they were willing to trade Karis LeVert, maybe with the exception of the two rookies, Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson. Those were the two first round picks for the Pacers. So nobody's untouchable except for those two guys. But everybody else, Pacers have declared themselves, Kevin Pritchard and Herb Simon, the owner, open for business here.
4: Okay, so we'll see how that plays out. But the line is certainly moving in the direction of the Cavaliers. Uh, Overall, you know, when you see this and you see the big number for the Celtics on the road, you mentioned the Magic here, uh, certainly playing into a lottery position potentially. Is this going to open up when they see that first trade? Other GMs now have to go, all oh, yeah. right, we see what, what what's going on with Cleveland. Maybe we don't have to wait. Maybe we, we do start going a couple days early.
3: Yeah, and the talk is already developed. It's just this is the first domino to fall in terms of the actual trade deadline, which I believe is this Thursday at up. 3 o'clock Eastern time. So, you know, start, you always start to see a couple of these, you know, trades leak before and then all the rumors and which ones are going to materialize, which mm-hmm. ones are going to be the league office. Where's Ben Simmons going to go? Is James Harden going to be traded? We've heard from the athletic, from Sham Sharania that, hey, hey, this may this may happen. And we've also heard, okay, they're not going to deal in before the deadline. So, yeah, the dominoes, I think, do fall, and you're going to see different pieces on the move here. And uh, speaking of on the move, the total is now officially moved to the over as Kyle Pitts gets in the end zone with 10 minutes to spare. Plenty of room to spare here as Cal uh, Pitts beats Darius Leonard on the inside. Not exactly a big effort for Ooh. Darius Leonard to no. try to cut off that little tight end slant route. So 41-27 to 27, uh, AFC over the
4: NFC. I mean, we, we probably still will get adjusted numbers here. But if you had that second half over, which I did not, by the way, but I'm sure a lot of people did, they're going to be sweating this out here for the next 10 minutes to see if they get more uh, TDs on the board. PAT is good, by the way. So it's a 13-point lead for the AFC. Mm-hmm. I really don't know the rules. I believe they have the opportunity for a 4th and 15 to regain possession here for the NFC. We'll find out if that's true or not. But, again, remember, this was one and a half. And I always say these things like, you know, you go, boy, these guys are good. I mean, these bookmakers and these odds makers, they do this uh, for a profession, and they're the best at it. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it's a skate for the AFC. It still might end up that way. But all of a sudden... If they can convert in that 4th and 15-key position, it might get dicey. Right, We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Meanwhile, Pebble Beach here, uh, uh, we still have Jordan Spieth here with a one-shot lead. Troy Merritt, by the way, is on 17.
3: That's not going to be enough for Troy Merritt because that is going to be a par miss, and he has a little bit of work coming back. I believe here on the 17th, this par 3 So at best, he is going to make bogey, oh. and he will. He will need an eagle or birdie with any chance. But that's going to knock him down to 16 under par. That is not going to be enough. That is not going to hold up as Andrew Putnam misses he, a putt. So now. That's it. So now Jordan Speef 250, Patrick Cantlay plus 550, Tom Hoagie 10 to 1, Bo Hosler 16 to 1, and then you drift up Andrew Putnam back to back bogeys on 12 and 13. That puts him to 14 under. He is now 100 to 1. Joel Damon 50 to 1, Troy Merritt 66 to 1. So you feel like oh boy. these guys are slipping away and that maybe there's it's going to be one of four guys. It's going to be can't Cantley, Hoagie, or Hosler.
4: Yeah, four horse race is what it feels like right now there at Pebble Beach. But that horse right now, Jordan Spieth, in control. Let's see if Jordy can can finish this out. But there are still some trouble spots to behold here uh in the last couple holes at Pebble Beach. And as you said yesterday, Saturday, it's still fun. Sunday, it's winning time.
3: Yeah, the fun and games are over. Bill Murray's not jumping in the sand trap at this point at Pebble
4: Beach. When we come back, we'll do some more golf updates and certainly college hoops as well. Come on back. It's the Green Zone right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Dave Ross alongside West Reynolds. This is the green zone right here on Beeson. Now, I know it looks like Jordan Spieth is going to run away with this thing here at the Pebble Beach Pro Am, but we just saw here on a par five Mm -hmm. where he had for Jordan Spieth a relatively good look at Birdie. He didn't make it. Settles for par. Yeah. Keeps the door slightly ajar.
3: Yeah. The three chasers here, and that would be Tom Hoagie, Patrick Cantlay, Bo Hosler, yet to complete 14. You got to make up a shot here. Uh, he uh, he did a the uh, Silk Sonic. Uh, leave the door up up and...
4: slightly ajar. Yeah. And so and uh, currently
3: a two shot lead for Speed, but he did par the par 5 14. So. Hogey, Hosler, and Cantley got to make sure they card a four on this hole and not a five if they want to narrow this gap here. All right,
4: so it is not over by a long shot there because, again, Spieth a little bit ahead of those guys as he plays the 15th, so we'll keep an eye as they come down the stretch there at Pebble Beach. We also mentioned earlier in the program, Minnesota was mm-hmm. was well, – we were kind of looking at that line funny against Iowa today – They've reached halftime at Iowa, and surprise, surprise, you like the Golden Govers pre-flop? Yeah. They're making you look like a genius.
3: Yeah, 38-34 to 34 right now. Minnesota is going to take the halftime lead at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. 5-9 and from the three. Minnesota shooting about 48%. Iowa only shooting 38%. But, look, I got to give Ben Johnson credit because I thought this Minnesota, I'm like, man, this team might be one of the worst teams we've seen in mm. the Big Ten in recent years because he was scrambling to find a roster, a lot of transfers and even some guys transferring up from division two and whatnot. Yeah. But I know you see two and eight in the big 10, 11 and eight. And look, this is not a team that's probably going to be going anywhere deep in the postseason. but this team plays hard every game. They don't, they don't get the hell beat out of them very <laughs> often really, because you look at this roster. It's like, these guys should be getting their head caved in. And look, they've lost by double digits a couple of times, but they haven't had a lot of really embarrassing lopsided yeah. losses. And, and right now, 38, 34 on Iowa and Iowa. I think like if I were being playing bracketologist here, the V bracketologist, I would have Iowa in my field. They've got some quality wins, but I got to tell you, this would make it a little bit shaky if they lose at home to Minnesota because you've already had an Iowa team that lost that double overtime game last Monday at Penn State, lost at Rutgers. This team really struggles to win on the road. The only team they beat on the road in the Big Ten is Minnesota Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, actually three weeks ago today, 81-71. But you look at Iowa, they don't have a lot of those big marquee quote-unquote resume wins. I think they would be in as of today, but... Boy, oh, boy, uh, this makes Iowa and Fran McCaffrey and those guys bubble bubblicious.
4: All right, so let's see if if that holds you with Minnesota with that four-point halftime lead. Very quickly, just updating uh, some NBA scores. We see the Sixers up on the Bulls right here as they're getting narrowing down the third quarter. They're up by eight uh, in-game right now. Sixers, eight and a half, so that would mm-hmm. be interesting which way you might want to go there. t Wolves with a two-point lead over the Pistons right now. Uh, as they get close to the fourth quarter, Minnesota six and a half. Is that number still up right now? Denver all over Brooklyn, 16 point lead here. As they get be- begin the fourth quarter, Brooklyn getting 16 and a half.
3: Yeah. My goodness. This is falling apart for the Nets. They what were only going down on? one at the half. Uh, Kyrie, the only one of the big three playing today, but boy, uh, Brooklyn going to go over on this road trip here. And uh, now all of a sudden 29 and 23 are the Brooklyn nets. And that's, I think why you're hearing a little bit about this trade, because we don't know when Duran is going to be back. We assume he's going to be back at some point later in this regular season, but I think the nets are not only looking this year, but next year it's like, We've got Kevin Durant still in his prime. How many more years do we have in his prime before the injuries kind of finally start to take their toll? You're looking at where the Brooklyn Nets are right now with this losing streak where they've gone over on the road trip, 29 and 23. They're in the sixth spot right now in the Eastern conference. They are not up there, even though I think the market still has them as the favorite. Cause it's like, okay, we get Kyrie Durant and uh, James Harden sure. all together. If in fact you keep them all together, they can beat anybody. And I think the record shows that, but Yeah, uh, last game of the road trip for the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if I want to get in on the end game. They (laughs) might be just waiting to get home. Tired legs, though, and a lot of, uh, you know, inexperienced guys maybe playing in the fourth quarter. That's a stay away for me.
4: Yeah, so we'll see how that plays out, but not looking good for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, The Pro Bowl, let's just give you an update there. 41-28, six and a half minutes ago. I officially do not know the rules. I thought I did because the NFC scored. They went for it on fourth and 15. They didn't get it somehow they got the ball back i do not know the rules but here's the deal mm-hmm. they've tried this now combined throughout this game that when you score you can go for the 4th and 15 eight times over eight yeah combined and I, and I know they're trying to gimmick it up and figure out ways to get some And they're some not
3: exactly, like, sending exotic blitzes here on these 4th <laughs> oh. and fifteen. So, you know, they want this to be score-high scoring. They want this to be competitive at the end. It still maybe has a chance. Six minutes left to go. NFC with the ball just outside the red zone. I was looking for a price at BetMGM. You say you don't know the rules. Maybe the smart people in the trading room at BetMGM, the highly intelligent group that they have over there, maybe they don't know because we don't have a live in play right now because, like, all this kind of gets funky at the end to kind of manufacture excitement. So just to have a score update and, unfortunately, not a line update, 41-28 AFC, under six to go.
4: Yeah, and that's why, to that point, I, I know if you're sitting there and you took AFC minus the point and a half preflop, I don't know if they like that. Mm-hmm. I just—you have a feeling somehow, some way. Although there's a sack, AFC, a yeah. big stop here. Max Crosby, guess who it was—the one guy trying. He's—he's
3: he's been like the beast of the defense today. Well,
4: he's going to get that twenty thousand, right? Cause yeah, we saw he, the he wants of that money
3: for those charities because Max Crosby uh, has been all over the place. He's been knocking down passes, getting pressure on the passer. Spin I was like, move. I even tweeted this out earlier during the show. I'm like. This guy is playing about as hard as you can without trying to kill somebody like you normally do on an NFL Sunday.
4: It's, it is comical because you, you watch the right tackle, and he basically didn't block. Crosby's doing a spin move over on it, like Reggie White swings. Yeah. He's trying everything. And these guys are like, "Dude, just go ahead. I don't care. We just I'm, you don't have to work that hard." He
3: did he did the uh the olay, the matador defense, uh that offensive lineman. I think it was might have been Matt Thomas. He made a business decision there. He's
4: like, "I'm not going to get any part of that." Okay. We saw Jordan Spieth uh with his his T-shot on 15 go across the cart path. So again, all we're saying is if you're in-game wagering here here on the uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am as they come down the stretch, He's keeping
3: that door open here. You just assume if it's Jordan Spieth, it's like, he could hit it like three holes away, like he did in the Open Championship all those years ago. Did they ago ever find St. that Andrew. ball yet? I don't know if they did, but I know my Matt Kuchar ticket didn't cash. He ended up finishing second as Kuchar was in the group waiting about forty minutes for this guy to find his ball. So he is on the other side of the car. He's kind of it looks tree? like he, yeah,
4: maybe he can go up and over here. Yeah,
3: he's currently minus two fifty here. Patrick Cantlay, by mm. the way, is at six to one. That group of uh, I believe Cantlay and Hoagie playing the par 5 14th Hoagie's going to have about a 17-footer for birdie. Cantlay, I believe, was 20 feet away, was in the rough, the chip, so he may have a better birdie opportunity to get the 17. But Tom Hoagie going to have to make an 18-footer. Those guys about six to one right now. Jordan Spieth minus 250.
4: Okay, if you had to take a number right now on any of the chasers against Jordan Spieth, that about that six to one number. Who do you think really has the realistic shot here? Can't lay. Can't lay. Got I mean you pedigree. gotta go
3: with the pedigree, I, I think here that he would have the best shot here because look, Hogie and Hosler are two guys that are trying to win their first ever PGA tour event. Hogie's had a lot more looks lately than Bo Hosler has. Bo Hosler, of course, the the one real time he had a really good look at it, I believe, was that 2018, I want to say, Houston Open. Ian Poulter beat him in the playoff. Remember Mm -hmm. when uh, Hosler had a shot in the bunker there on the the, uh, first playoff hole and he chunked it into the water, ended up making triple bogey. So you wonder if the pressure is going to get to him. Is uh, Tom Hoagie going to try to get within one of the lead? Probably about a 17-footer here for Birdie.
4: And Jordan Spieth, on his approach on 15, came up short. He tried to carve it through the trees where we're discussing here as Hoagie's going to pour that in. So all of hey a sudden, now. those numbers are going to change dramatically here. He makes birdie on 14.
3: And they just have 3-1 to one now for Tom Hoagie. Jordan Spieth, minus 120. Patrick Cantlay, plus 450. Ooh-wee. And Bo Hosler, 11-1. to one. I don't want to discount Bo Hosler, nope. but everybody else, there's only six players with prices now on them at BetMGM. Those four I just listed, Andrew Putnam, 101. Joel Damon, 200.
4: And, of one. course, in the biggest story of the day, Big turnover in the Pro Bowl. Pivotal. Justin, Crucial. Justin, Justin Herbert, what were you thinking? All you got to do is take knees. Well, he throws it up, and uh, we get a pick. I believe I boot a Baker. Mm-hmm. And the NFC's in business down 13, three and a half to go. Remember, if you took the NFC plus one and a half, you might still be live. If you took the AFC preflop, you're thinking, come on, don't choke this thing away. You're up 20 a second ago.
3: You were really ingratiating yourself to Charger fans this year. Uh, show me your <laughs> lightning bolt. As you were you, all over I mean, Brandon Staley, you all kid. over Justin Herbert. What are you guys doing? You're all over the whole Charger nation I
4: mean, here. bolt up. What are you guys doing? You're going <laughs> to blow the Pro Bowl here for the AFC. All right, we got much more to get to. We'll have more scores and updates here from things competitively that are actually going on in the world of sports. And we do have some drama, seriously, right there at the Pebble Beach pro So Come on back, and we're also going to have uh, Howard Bender is going to join us here from Sirius XM. Joining us after the break, it is the Green Zone on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Questions about betting the Super Bowl, wondering about how to hedge, or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts. Well, the VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by one of our experts on air or on VEASAN.com. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here. It is the Green Zone on VEASAN, and right now, 41-35, 4135 AFC holding on mm-hmm. in a game we've just been riveted to for the last three hours <laughs> two and a half minutes ago big sack on first down to Mac Jones that means he got touched so we'll see how that plays out West but again, All of a sudden, you're AFC backer, and you're sweating this. You have to reexamine your priorities.
3: This is a great day for the punters. I believe A.J. Cole, the Raiders punter. Zero punts, three holds, two halftime hot dogs as he was just interviewed on the sideline. So uh, uh, a quotable punter. uh, Hadn't had one since Pat McAfee, but we have one here in Las Vegas with A.J. Cole.
4: Uh, And right now, Jordan Spieth with a one-shot lead at an actual event here. Over Tom Hogie's. We'll keep you updated there. But it's time to bring in Howard Bender, host Sirius Serious XM Fantasy. Follow him on Twitter at Roto Buzz Guy. Howard, great to have you join the program here in the Green Zone with Wes and myself. First of all, I know you've been enthralled in this uh, Pro Bowl game here. Uh, did you handicap it uh, properly? And I'm sure you were staying up all week trying to make sure you were on the right side.
5: I've been freaking out about this, and I was actually trying to get in touch with your producers to say, hey, can we push the segment back? Because, you know, it's like two minutes left in this game, and I've been thinking? glued to the TV set <laughs> the entire time thinking, wow, this is just absolutely amazing stuff. So, um yeah, listen, I hit uh, all of my props were great, and uh, and um, I, I was on the over. There you go.
4: It was on the over. There you go. The smartest man in America. Some extra money
3: to work with now for Super Bowl 56.
4: No question, Howard. Let's talk about the real game a week from today in Los Angeles, of course, with the Rams playing host to the Bengals. The Bengals are, bizarrely, the home team for this one here. We've seen this tick up a little bit, four and a half, uh, opened up at around 15 and a half, down to 48 and a half we're seeing here Uh, before we dive into the props, which we will do, what do you make of those numbers moves early here where they've, they've trended towards the Rams and they've actually trended towards the under, we're probably expecting that to change as we know that the recreational better more than likely is going to play that over
5: more than likely to play it over. I mean, everybody bets what they want to see as opposed to actually what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the game. So, you know, the money's coming in on the over for that. Uh, you know, listen, I thought, I figured that there would be some money coming in from LA on the Rams at some point. Uh, and I've been looking at this line waiting for the moment that it moved to the four and a half because now I want Cincinnati with the four and a half. If you're giving me that extra hook right there, I think this is going to be a close game anyway. So, you know, I like that being on the side of getting points. And now that you're giving me that hook, uh, I, I, you know, I'll take it. I really will. And, you know, I mean, if that money line on the, on the Rams still comes down, I might be looking at that as well.
3: Howard, from a matchup standpoint, uh, one of the things that obviously stands out in this game is that. The uh, the Rams defensive line is pretty good. Number one in pass rush rate in the NFL. Meanwhile, you got that Bengals young offensive line in front of that young stud quarterback, Joe Burrow. They are 30th in pass block rate, So you could see maybe a mismatch there in the trenches, at least on the surface. If you like Cincinnati and it looks like you say you do once that gets a four and a half or it even goes up higher, What do you think Cincinnati is going to do differently than we have seen so far? Because it seems like they run a lot on first down, they don't gain anything, and then they get themselves in second lawn and allow these teams to rush their quarterback like Tennessee did where they sacked him nine times. What do you expect to see differently out of that Cincinnati game plan here?
5: You know, I'm actually looking for a little bit more work across the middle like Joe Burrow likes to do, but I'm thinking about uh, a lot more screen passes over to the – uh, to Joe Mixon, I think that you know some design screens helps neutralize a really strong pass rush. You know that you know once these guys, once the pass rush over commits, you know you dump it off to Mixon. You do a design screen, you get a blocker or two out front, uh, and he can rip off some some decent chunks of yardage. And I don't think that they've really been doing it a lot. Uh, they've done it a couple of times with Samaje Pirine mm-hmm. towards the tail end of the game. So I think actually they can kind of turn it around early on, attack the middle. You know that they're going to be looking at Higgins and, and Chase the entire time. So you attack the middle with Boyd. You uh, you dump off some screen passes early. And I think Cincinnati can move the ball.
4: You, know, you look at it too, Howard, if you're a Cincinnati backer. And I've kind of been leaning Cincinnati's way as well. I mean, look, they've cashed the last seven games, ATS. They've just been a money machine here. And certainly, uh, they they barely covered against the Raiders, but they got that done. They get the outright win, obviously, in Tennessee as a small underdog there. And then the miracle comeback in Kansas City. Do you think it's just house money now with the Bengals and maybe Bengal backers, too? That's the kind of way they look at it. Hey, I've rode them all the way uh, through the postseason here in the AFC. I'm not going to jump ship now.
5: You, you know, you kind of feel that way. And, and why would you deviate from it? You know, we've spent an entire season with the underdogs cashing, you know, much better than the favorites. We've seen it, you know, throughout the entire season. We've seen it now in the playoffs. We've got two number four seeds in the play in the Super Bowl for crying out loud. Right. <laughs> so like, why wouldn't you bet the underdog here? Like, why wouldn't you, you know, kind of kind of go for that? And then I'll tell you what I also I love. I love the fact that Evan McPherson has been as solid as he's been. Uh, especially being so young and, and and jumping in on this. But, you know, it's like when you bet the Ravens during the regular season, right? You know, when it comes down to a field goal, you want to be on the Justin Tucker side of things. So, you know, I kind of feel like this is a similar way here for the Bengals as well. Ride the underdog. They go for a lot of field goals as well. So you might as well take that shot.
3: And uh, Howard, uh, uh- by the way, is our guest. Howard Bender is our guest here from SiriusXM Fantasy. And talking about Super Bowl 56. And I want to get back to the total a little bit because one of the things that we did see play out last week, Howard, is that. The referees and the officials kind of stayed out of the way here, especially Bill Vinovich. We know that he always does that. And he, of course, was in the AFC championship game, calls the least amount of penalties. Ron Torbert, who's gonna to be on Super Bowl fifty-six, I believe they were four fewest amount of flags in the game, twelve point three among seventeen officiating crews. Now, you get a split crew here. It's not his normal crew, but the referee sets the tone and tenor of the game. Would you lean a little bit more to the under if we think, okay, officials aren't gonna be flag happy like the They weren't last weekend in the conference championship games.
5: Yeah. I I think fewer penalties being called is definitely the, you know, going to kind of push towards the under, Uh, you know, I mean, you, you also, you have to love again, like I said earlier, the public wants to, you know, they'll bet the over because that's what they want to see. I mean, does this, does this game not scream possible? 24, 21 last second field goal Mm -hmm. uh, type of a situation here. So, you know, yeah, with the officials letting them play and and you're going to get you know, let, you know, fewer of those, uh, fewer of those one-yard touchdown runs by uh, by running backs because the uh, the the pass interference that hits at the end zone. So yeah, I, I like the under on the uh, on the move here.
4: All right, talking to Howard Bender, host at Sirius XM Fantasy. You know, you mentioned the kickers, Howard and, and Wes and I. It's kind of been a running joke for us throughout the season here, but really. At the end, it's not a joke at all how how important these kickers have been. You mentioned Evan McPherson here, and I'm seeing a prop. It's the only one I've played so far, and I got him 7.5 at minus 115, and I know that probably is going to go up maybe even after this conversation. Are there any props kicking-wise that you've already played or maybe have some leans towards?
5: Um, to be perfectly honest there. I haven't looked at a single kicking prop. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, you know, I I'll spend my focus, you know, on, on certain game flow situations, you know, knowing just how many uh, field goals, the, the, the Bengals do end up settling for, which is definitely kind of a a worrisome thing here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to take the over there on Evan McPherson at seven and a half points, right? Uh, Field goals made one and a half. Yeah, I would definitely take the over there. You just, you see that constantly with them. I don't necessarily know if I would lean that way for Matt Gay, but you know, for field goals made and kicking points uh, for McPherson, I guess, you know, yeah, Zach Taylor just, you know, you, you saw him do it last week mm-hmm. also, and you kind of got a little worried about the fact that he just settled for a field goal there and and almost laid up a little bit on the play calling, uh, which made me definitely nervous. So you see him do that all season long. Uh, I might as well look at, uh, at, at that one there. Thanks. Thank you for pointing that one out for me. <laughs> Anytime,
3: <laughs> well, Howard. Well, speaking of that, Howard, we got about a minute left to go here. Any player props that you've already played or something that you are targeting at this standpoint?
5: Um, yeah, I actually um, I was looking at uh at Tyler Boyd and this is this is where I'm looking the most Tyler Boyd CJ Uzama. We'll see if okay. Uzama plays if he doesn't play. I mean, I want I'm going to jump on Tyler Boyd 40 and a half receiving yards right now and I'm going to take the over now if you know if, if Uzama plays that's going to you know it's going to hurt my chances a little bit more but the closer it gets and if Uzama doesn't you know doesn't practice and he doesn't look good for this game that number is going to start going up. So that's the one that I've kind of been looking uh, the most at. And then the other one was uh, Joe Mixon, uh, three and a half receptions, and I like the over on that one too. All
4: right. It's uh, going to be wild. And, again, I- I'm just – Lonesome kicker Adam Sandler Howard. I've just been trying to show love for the kicker all year. (laughs) They're
3: going for two. Uh,
4: Howard Bender, host Serious XM Fantasy. Follow him on Twitter at Roto Buzz Guy. Howard, appreciate your time and the information. Enjoy the Super Bowl next Sunday.
5: Thanks so much for having me. Next time, I'll know to harmonize at the end. (laughs) Thank you,
3: thank you, Howard. Yeah, I definitely need some help from that standpoint. By the way help in terms of no overtime unlike this sadomasochist next to me that wanted overtime. We are not going to get it. Final score at Allegiant Stadium, 4135 AFC. It's a bad beat if you're an NFC backer.
4: Come on back. It's the Green Zone right here on the sports betting network. you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you're also going to get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code Beeson1000. Make your very first wager risk-free up to one thousand dollars. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be twenty-one or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside West Reynolds. This is the Green Zone. Right here on VEASAN, you mentioned that the long national nightmare that is the Pro Bowl is over. Mm-hmm. 41 AFC cashes that ticket. The over does cash as well. But you mentioned, and we talked about it, there was incentives for players to win individual awards for their charities. And we saw, we identified one player. They yeah. tried on defense,
3: and he won the defensive yeah, player. Yeah, that game. would be Max Crosby uh, of the hometown team, the Las Vegas Raiders. So he wins defensive player of the game for the Pro Bowl. Justin Herbert on the offensive side. AFC gets a win 41-35. to 35. They were the favorites. Took a little bit of the action. One and a half, two is basically where it closed. Game does go over the total. Slows down for the second half, though. And we often see that in some of these all-star games, like the NBA all-star game. Second half under more often than not where you want to be because then the guys really start taking it seriously in the fourth quarter, but they always change the formats of the team. So uh, know your rules, like Vinny Mayulo said at the top of the program. Know your house rules in terms of the betting and know your rules on these games if you're going to bet them from that standpoint.
4: And again, if you did take Jordan Spieth, uh, and we were giving you these these numbers here, that he was minus 250 not that long ago here, as it looks like the cream's starting to separate a little bit at the top. Spieth is now on 16. He still has a one-shot lead right now over Tom Hoagie, but Hoagie's still right there, and they're on the same yeah. holes playing 16. So this thing is not over by a long yeah, shot. Yeah,
3: Spieth the group ahead. So Hoagie just parred on 15. He is at 17 under. Spieth will have a birdie attempt. Here at 16, he is minus $3 big as we bender. wait for the result of this uh, big That'd breaking putt that is going to be short. So now down to minus 250. Jordan Spiefel par 16. And Tom Hoagie, uh, and I will uh, quote the great Pat Foley, the longtime voice of the Chicago Blackhawks Tree, thirty, Tree. Is his price plus 333 for Tom Hoagie? So 10 to 3. Bo Hosler at 11 to 1. Patrick Cantlay, 40 to 1. He did not make that par save there, Mm. I believe, on 15. So he drifts to 40 to 1. Andrew Putnam. At 200 to 1, so just to reset the scores here. Jordan Spieth, 18 through 16. Tom Hoagie now on 16T at 17 under par. Bo Hosler still on the green at 15. He is 16 under par. Troy Merritt, the leader in the clubhouse, at 15 under par. Patrick Cantlay joins him, but starting to look like maybe this is a two, perhaps a third guy. Bo Hosler still hanging in there, but it's going to be likely Spief. Hostler or Hoagie that wins this event at Pebble Beach.
4: Let's get to the NBA with some games getting ready to tip here at the top of the hour. And let's start off with the Hawks and the Mavericks here and give you some trends on this one. Right now, the Hawks, if you like, uh, if you like the Hawks in the last 10, you've been cashing some tickets. Eight and two ATS in their last 10 overall. The over is eight and three in the last Hawks 11 games as an underdog, which they find themselves in that spot today. Dallas, conversely, is the favorite. The over is four and, uh, 5 and 1 overall in the Mavs last six game, but the Mavs are just 1 in 5 ATS in their last six mm-hmm. games, following a straight up win. So they have not been great in this role. Small favorite, as you see here, Bet MGM, just a point and a half. That total feels a little bit high, but it's 223 and a half. But again, the trends favor the over. Yeah, this did
3: open up three last night, and it's been pretty much Hawks money because I think the injury news for Dallas Porzingis not going, Maxi Kleber not going, Sterling Brown not going, Lou Will gonna miss for Atlanta, but Atlanta looks a little bit more of the healthier team. John Collins got upgraded to probable, as did Danilo Gallinari. Tim Hardaway, we know, has been out also with a broken foot, so... This is starting to get to like Pickem range in certain spots in the market. I think BetMGM has not won. You're probably going to see Pickem here momentarily as the starting lineups have been announced. The total has increased to 224 and a half. Atlanta, kind of an interesting team too, 25-27. They were kind of the team that had been in the Ben Simmons talks a little Mm -hmm. bit that maybe that they were going to make a move that would involve presumably John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich, a couple others to kind of make that work if Atlanta really wants to go for it. So that might be a team you want to keep in mind for the trades. Of course, they made that run to the East Finals last year. Disappointing, though, to be two games under five hundred. They would be in that playoff mix. They would be in that... That seven through 10 range now with that new playoff format where seven plays eight nine plays 10 and then the win the uh, loser of the seven, eight plays the winner of the nine, 10 for that last playoff spot. So they're kind of in that range right now. It's already moved. I missed the good number on the Atlanta with the injury news. So this is a stay away for me, but do have a final score to update actually from the NBA. One of these early afternoon tips has gone vinyl and it is in Denver, one twenty four to one Oh four over the Brooklyn nets, easy cover. And boy, if you had Whoa. the over in this game, Two twenty-seven and a half. 27 and a half. You had 151 points in the first half. You did not get the over because oh you only got 77 points in the second half. And, and I told oh. you the money was kind of coming on the under. And that's, that's honestly Dave, the way I bet the NBA, I do not do a lot of pre-flop stuff. I do either in-game or I do second half. So this was like, okay, 79 points in the first quarter, 72 in the second quarter. So everybody thinks that's going to continue. That's not really the pattern in the Mm -hmm. NBA. Oftentimes you see these high-scoring games, and then you see the totals die in the second half. The Nets only had 29 points in the second half. The Nuggets only 48. So easily goes under that second-half total. And I told you, remember, it opened 112, closed 111 easily gets there. So just because you see a lot of points in that first half, because I think sometimes betters, especially like in game or halftime betters can get very reactionary. Yeah, And it's like, okay, they're going to score. They're just going to keep it going. And sometimes they do keep in mind, you know, sometimes you get a high scoring first half and you get a high scoring second half, but you know, that's where you want to kind of look at the market and look at the different numbers and where are they moving. And then you got to ask yourself, okay, they scored 151 points in the first half. Why is the second half under going down? There you go.
4: Just case in point right there. So, again, that's a very good information to get out there. Just if if you're not confident in the pre-flop position here, to Wes's point, watch it, see where those numbers are going, and then get in in-game. You can make some money that way and get maybe some better odds. Once you get a feel for the game, and it's a great point. If you're not watching these things sometimes, it's hard to gauge it. Mm-hmm. So you really do need to be monitoring this, these things and maybe not betting always for that trend to continue right. from what you saw in the first half. Maybe go contrarian and flip it around on the second up. I want to get to another game that doesn't tip off here for about an hour and 20 minutes. And that would be the Pellies against the Rockets here. And right now, Houston uh, at home getting about six uh, with the Pellies, that that sizable favorite here on the road. And I'm seeing some totals around 226, 226 and a half here. uh, Right now is where it is at BetMGM. Six and a half is what you're seeing here at BetMGM. Any play here for you either way with the money coming in, it feels like on the Pelicans.
3: Yeah, I'm checking the injuries right now. Josh Hart questionable for the Pelicans. Hernan Gomez, also Garrett Temple going to be out due to quarantine, as is Lozada, the point guard. So... Some injury news there for the Pelicans, also for the Rockets. Usman Garuba still out with that wrist issue. Eric Gordon questionable. Kevin Porter Jr. going to be questionable tonight. These are obviously two teams that are very much right now, at least out of playoff contention. New Orleans 20-32. and 32. 15 and 37 for the Houston Rockets. So usually when you get two bad teams, I often want to go happy action, fun time, and think that it's going to go over. That would be my lean here. Even though the number is declining, I think with the limited amount of players, and you often see that if a certain player is going to be out, then it's immediately going to go down. So 226 and a half. I often think when you get those starters that miss a game, Usually, you can replace that offense, especially if it's like a one-game scenario, Mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily replace that defense, so I usually kind of like to look to the over in that game. I did not bet this game. I tell you, I don't bet a lot of pre-flop, but would lean to the over at 226.5. All
4: right, so we'll see how that one plays out here as they have about an hour, 20 minutes to go before kickoff again next hour. We're going to have Tank Williams join us at the top of the hour, and then we're going to have Patrick Everson join us in studio here uh, at the bottom half of the next hour but right now still drama that we're keeping an eye on here at the uh pebble beach pro-am and right now jordan speed the leader has made his way and that 17.
3: is a bullet from tom hoagie wow. that oh, if that ball rolls goodness. one more that's going in the hole for an eagle a hole out from the fairway that wow. is on the 16th hole by the way jordan Speef on 17 he is in the greenside bunker so may have to settle for a ball what an Absolute gorgeous golf shot by Tom Hoagie there. So
4: he's going to tap in and at least have a share of the lead. Remember, moments ago we talked about it plus 333. Those numbers gonna evaporate quickly. Tree churty tree. Those numbers gonna evaporate quickly after that beautiful approach.
3: And as they just have at BetMGM Tom Hoagie for the first time all afternoon is your odds on favorite. Minus the dollar twenty, plus one twenty five on Jordan Speed. These move very quickly. You'll get to know that with these golf tournaments here every Sunday. 16 to 1 for Bo Hosler. Patrick Cantlay, 66 to 1.
4: Drama at Pebble Beach. When we come back, Tank Williams is going to join us at the top of the hour. And if you know Tank, you watch the green zone, sprinkle some. of that tea money juice. He's going to do it when you come back with us right here in the Green Zone on the Sports Betting Network.